Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Shelly, can you come up? And I uh, just feel to ask Shelly to uh, just give us a quick report on uh, how Zach and Mallory and family are doing. Okay, I can't really report about them until it's all about how good God is. His mercy, his grace, his, he's just so wonderful, his faithfulness. They um, moved down to Georgia. They're doing, when they first got there, they joined a big church. It was a real, like, mega church. And they liked it, but they didn't feel like they were home. And Mallory was having a really hard time. When they came to Rome six years ago from Alaska, Addie ended up with cancer. Actually, they were in Watertown, and the devil tried to kill her, but he didn't succeed. And they've had struggles, struggles with because her family's not saved and just struggles with her. And um, so when they first got down to Georgia, she was having a hard time because she missed the comfort of being around because for the last six years with all this stuff going on, she's been around family. And so... They ended up meeting neighbors in the neighborhood that were um, went to a small church. They joined the small church. They just keep loving on them. They ended up, she got invited to a Bible study. And so fathers are so, so important in the family. But the mother, I'm telling you, the mother keeps it together, keeps the father together, keeps it all. And so... God's filling her up, and she you could see them all just getting filled because of it. Amen. And it's just a blessing. Amen. It's Praise been God. a blessing. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You know, there were actually, there's two reasons why I wanted Shelly to, to just share that. Uh, first of all, you know, they would be here every Sunday. I'm sure people were wondering how they were doing. They're, they're doing okay. Uh, praise God. But... She said something at the beginning of the service that really kind of got me. Uh, I just casually walked over and I said, you know, how, how are they doing, you know? And, and she said, good. Shelly, Mallory is settling, settling. She's really getting settled. And she said, because she's okay, the rest of the family's okay. Everyone around her is okay. And, and I, I just want to talk about, you know, uh, connecting with God. And, and when our connection with God is okay, everything around us is okay. When we're connected with God, when we're walking with God, when we have fellowship with God, things around us just naturally start to work out. You know, Lisa was reading a couple days ago in Max Lucado's book, uh, Anxious for Nothing, thank you. Uh, the, the farmer came over and he saw his his grapevines, and they were just slunched over with their heads down. And, and he says, what's the matter with you? And they said, you know, we can't make these grapes come out, you know. We just can't produce the fruit, man. And the farmer said, listen, you don't have to worry about that. You just stay connected to the vine, and the fruit's coming. Hallelujah. So, you know, that was a reminder about just how important it is for us to have a continual abiding in Christ. To abide means to settle down. Go back to Mallory for a minute. To settle down and take up residence. 
And God wants us to settle down. The enemy wants to get us nervous about everything, anxious about everything. People want to do it. The media, whatever. Just I feel like this culture thrives on anxiety. But God is bringing us forth in peace and in power and security as we settle down and just take up residence and communion with him. And I believe God wants us to do it in the middle of trouble. Hallelujah. In the middle of things, when things are not going on well, we have to establish that connection. Hallelujah. Where there is connection, there is power. Hallelujah. Where there's connection, there's power. And God wants us to link up with him for the power that we need for everything in our everyday lives. Hallelujah. I was driving down 365 in one of those big power lines. You know, I'm talking about the big guys with the arm hooks you know, that carry the power for miles. One of those were down. And there were cranes over there. And there were people fixing that. Why? Because that affected the power that was going out to the different communities and things in the community. And people in the community might have been thinking, what is going on? Why don't I have any power? Well, the big power line was down. And we have to come to a place sometimes where we send out the cranes. Send out, God, I'm going to put everything aside. Lord, we got to fix this. I've got to get close with you, God. I've got to reconnect with you, God, because things are falling apart and they're going to continue to fall apart until I connect with my Heavenly Father. I think of a father who's lost his kids. You know, there was a disconnection. In the garden, Adam and Eve, how many know they were deceived and they ate the forbidden fruit and they disobeyed God. And the minute that sin came in, there was disconnection. But can I tell you that God did not design, we are not designed for disconnection. We are designed and created for connection. Why do you think we're all here today? God has designed us, going back to Mallory again, you know, the, the community of the church and the love of the brethren and people reaching out to one another is a part of us coming together in the unity of the Spirit with the God the Father. The Bible talks about us abiding in Christ but also abiding with one another. There's a direct connection between the two because First John tells us that even as you abide in the light, you have connection with the Father and with one another. With one another. There's a direct link. So, Father, we thank you, God, that you're bringing us back. Amen? Somebody say, I'm getting back online. We're getting back online. I think of a lost ship out to sea. I think of a plane that's lost connection with the transmitters. But hallelujah, when the lights come back on, that thing's back online. And we're following our course where we need to be. Amen? Back online. Help us, Lord, to get there, to get back online. But God made a way. There was a disconnection. It's so interesting. You know, I think, for me anyway, I think fear hits people in so many different ways in their life. It's, I believe, the root problem of so many others. And the first emotion, you might say, that Adam and Eve faced after they were disconnected with God was fear. And fear is an indication that our connection with God is faltering. And fear has a lot of different faces, you know. Some people manifest fear. I believe fear's evil step twin is anger. When you're getting angry, usually fear is right behind that because that security is lost. There's something telling me this isn't going to work out, and we're questioning. But God wants to bring us back to connection. And Jesus made a way. I think of a father. What would a father do if his children were afar off? 
God is our father. God created Adam and Eve, and he would walk with them in the cool of the day, and he wanted to connect with them every day. But what would he do? He made a way. And he sent Jesus, and the Bible said that Jesus came, and when he came, he came to proclaim peace and to break down, Ephesians chapter 2, that middle wall of separation that was separating us. And the Bible said God has reconciled us back. We're new creations in God. And he said, I've called you to a ministry of reconciliation. God says, I want people to be reconnected with me. And for, in order for us to be successful, we have to connect with God. We have to regularly walk and abide in him. And I had this kind of picture, you know, of, of just dwelling in God's presence. And, and I, I almost, almost saw like the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, you know, where, where they go into the closet there. How many of you have seen that movie, you know? And then they come out of the closet. Well, I just feel like God wants us to learn to dwell in a place of his presence and then to reach out of the presence and reach out and help people and reach out and love people and reach out and take initiative and make decisions about the things that we need to do in our life. How many of you know there were problems in the first church? The biggest problem that they had was doctrine because the initial Christians that were saved, how many know what, what religion you might say were they? They were Jewish. And how many know they said, all right, man, I believe in the Messiah, but let's keep the law. Let's make sure we get, all right, this is great, man. Let's meet together. You know, let's get everybody circumcised. This is great. We got even more power now. We'll just follow those, you know, follow the law, keep the moons and the, and the various washings and the circum. No. How many of the Gentiles came in? They say, wait, we're getting a little confused here. We heard about Jesus. So they had a big meeting at the Jerusalem council. And how many know they got together and prayed? And when they made the decision, they said, this seems good to us and the spirit. So there's a cooperation there. And the decisions that they were making now was based on a communication and a connection with the Holy Spirit. And they say, you know what? This doesn't just seem good to me. This seems good to the spirit. And because of that, I have peace. And we could go on and make this decision right now. I believe God wants to give us security in our decision-making, peace that passes understanding, the umpire of our soul, the peace ruling and reigning as we make decisions in our daily life because we know I'm not just stepping out on my own. I'm connected with him. God, I'm going to check in with you on this. I've got to find out if I've got peace. So at my job, only a, a few people, the old timers per se, they would retire one after the other and, um, and they would have a master key. And I've been trying to get my hands on one of those for 15 years now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then they went and changed all the locks. They're two-sided now for security purposes because of school violence and things like that. So now I've got no chance of getting a master key that just opens every door in that building. You know, I've been working there for 15 years. But can I tell you that the kingdom of God is not like that? You know, there's not just a select few that have access to God and that can connect with God. The, Jesus said, I'm going to give my disciples keys to my kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. I'm going to give you a position of authority and prayer partnership with me in my kingdom. Because the Bible says that we now have access by one spirit to the Father. 
And the keys to the kingdom is a picture of prayer. And I don't know about you, but, you know, just listening to Pastor Ned preach and uh, just what's going on in my own heart, I feel like God is restoring faith in prayer. Faith in prayer. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Why? Because we have been given keys to the kingdom. You've got access, honey. You can use that key in Jesus' name, and we can partner with God and pray the will of God in every situation. Faith, and I'm not talking about, we're keeping you in our thoughts and prayers. No, I'm not talking about that sort of prayer. By the way, we can't even say that anymore. we got to say our thoughts. But listen, I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about an effectual, fervent prayer. The Bible says that when we get before God and we say, Father, I'm here to do business. I know you're my Father, and I know you've called me, and I know you love me, and I know you've given me access, and then at this very moment right now, you want me down here on my knees calling out to you, and it's going to work. Hallelujah. It's going to work. We're not shooting darts up at an empty board. God says there's a bullseye, and you can hit it when you partner with me because you've got the keys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Prayer partners with God. The Bible says we've got to stay connected. You know, Gideon was a man, and I, I want to just preface this real quick before you turn me off to the fantastic or the idealistic. Get, you know, oh, here we go with Gideon. You know, we're going to go, and we're just going to be mighty and crazy, and this is idealistic and not practical to my everyday life. I'm telling you it is, because Gideon had problems in his day, and we've got problems in our day that we have to deal with. That woman with the issue of blood, she had an issue that she had to deal with. And she had faith, and she made a connection with God. But let's get back to Gideon. See, the Midianites had stopped up all the holes. They were getting bullied. They were getting pushed around. And Gideon had a problem in his culture of that day. And God came to him, and he said, listen, three things. You're a mighty man of valor. I've sent you, and I'm going to be with you. So when you go to face this problem that you're dealing with, you need to keep in mind that we're connected. And that you're not doing it on yourself. And God brought about a great victory. But how many of you know that Judges chapter 6 verse 1 tells us that the Israelites did evil before the sight of the Lord. And that God turned the favor and the Midianites now had the upper hand. So before we get present, we need to repent and say, God, is there anything in my life that's making a disconnection? Is there anything in my life, God, that's stopping that connection and that free flow of righteousness? Because our connection with God is based upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. And the righteousness of Jesus Christ is a free gift. But in order for us to walk out that gift, God requires righteousness of us. And if we get into unrighteousness, he says, listen, the blood of Jesus didn't just work on day one. I want you to come back to that well. And if you get into sin and you get into trouble, let's reestablish that connection. Come and repent. Come and be cleansed. So Gideon went out and he fixed problems by his connection with God. The woman with the issue of blood had an issue. How many of us have issues? And she said within herself, if I could just get a hold of Jesus, I know that I can connect with him and that power will flow into me. All I've got to do is get a hold of him and that power is going to flow. You see, she heard about what Jesus was doing. What have we heard about Jesus? What can he do for us? Sometimes we need to hear again. When we hear about who God is, 
And I'm not talking about presumption. I'm talking about according to the revealed word of God, of who God is, of who he carefully uh, explains to us, is his will and his plan for our lives. According to his nature, what have we heard? Based on that, let's step out and reach out to him in faith and let's get connected again. Let's link up and let his power flow into our lives. Listen, the centurion had even greater faith. He said, I don't even need to touch him. I just need to hear his word and let him know he's in on this. There's the connection. There's the connection. I'm good because I've connected with God. I've heard his voice on this matter. Amen. That woman with the issue of blood came from behind. Sometimes we can be feeling like we're coming from behind, like we're, we're losing. We're behind. This isn't looking very good. But in that moment, we've got to reach out to God. We've got to cry out to him in faith because he is our refuge. God is our refuge. God is our refuge. He wants us to come to him every day. God says, I'm your refuge. I want you to come to me. Come to me every day. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 26, that in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence and his children have a place of refuge. The Bible tells us in Psalm 46, verse 1, that even when the earth seems to be removed, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Say, we will not fear. Why will we not, even though the earth is removed and the mountains be carried into the sea, why are we not fearing? Because God is our refuge. The Bible says in Psalm 91, quote it with me, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Now that, I, I just feel like the, the enemy wants to get us quiet. Amen. We've got to activate by the words of our mouth. Amen. We've got to come before God and say, God, you're my refuge. Amen. Discouragement and depression want to get on us. They get us all quiet. And you know what? I, I, I really see this in, in, we were reading just in our, in Acts, where, where Paul and Silas get shut up into prison. Anybody know why Paul and Silas were put in prison? What did they do? They cast out a demon of, uh, out of the, um, the woman the, the, of divination. She was mocking them, and Paul got tired. He said, well, that's not fair. They were doing what Jesus said to do. Well, as my sister-in-law likes to say, fair is a place with balloons and the Ferris wheel and all that. That's what fair is. I mean, listen, sometimes we, Jesus said, blessed are you when you get persecuted for doing good things. So Paul and Silas are in prison. And I'm going to tell you, I have a feeling that they might have been just a little bit discouraged. The Bible says their feet were in stocks. They probably couldn't even get comfortable. I'd be thinking, my gosh, after a long day like this, getting beat and whipped and, uh, and spit on, and, uh, you know, I'd at least be able to like to crawl up on this dirt floor and take a nap. But their feet were in stocks. 
And the Bible says at midnight, they began to pray. And not just pray, but they began to sing praises to God. They began to sing hymns. And something happened when they did that. Can I tell you that the prisoners heard them? You know, people are watching our lives. You say, God, I want to see revival in my job. I want to see revival in my family. I want to see revival. I want to see revival. God, people are watching you. How are we handling things when they don't go our way? People want to see how we respond because suffering is a condition of the human race, and we are not exempt. But God, the people want to see how are you responding. So instead of complaining, instead of submitting to discouragement, they begin to pray, and people heard them. And how many know the very foundations of that prison were shaken? And not only did their chains get loose, but everybody around them get loose. And I'm going back to Mallory now because she's abiding in a place of settled security and everything around her is changing. And that's what God wants to do in our life. They got the victory and the people around them started to get the victory. Amen. This was a crucial time. The Bible tells us it was at midnight. So at this moment, they were, and I kind of feel like they were at that moment where I'm either going to get sad or get glad. I'm either going to submit to the discouragement. Come on, somebody say amen. I'm either going to get quiet, I'm going to submit to the discouragement, or I'm going to do something with my voice, and I'm going to lift it up to God, and I'm going to break what's going on spiritually. They couldn't do anything about what was happening naturally. But something happened spiritually. How do we know that? Well, the foundations of that place were shaken. And how many know, what was the first thing that the magistrates said when they came back the next morning? Now, they've been standing there all day with the chains off. They've been, you know, what's up, man? What, what did they say? They said, let these guys go. What gave them that idea? Can I suggest to you that there was a spiritual victory won by them lifting their voices to God, by them praying, by them praising God. Something was broken spiritually, and it manifested itself naturally. So when those guys, they said, listen, we got to let these guys go. Why did they let them go? Because the victory was won the night before. And that's what God wants to do with us. He says, listen, when you're in a battle, you can't just see what you can see. You've got to look beyond, and you've got to begin to praise me, and come to me, and lift your voice in faith, and make that connection so that my power can flow into your situation. <clears throat> they were uh, persecuted. Kind of like they were a couple chapters beforehand. How many know that at the gate beautiful, there was a genuine miracle? Again, disciples getting in trouble for following Christ. And they were beaten, and they were threatened, and they said, listen, don't speak that name again. Be quiet. In Acts 16... They put Paul and Silas into the inner prison. And I think this can be a picture of years of trouble. I've been going through this issue for years. They put him in the deep prison, you see. They said, we're not just going to put you in the regular prison. You've made us mad enough. You're going in the deep prison. And some of us, I think, have been sometimes dealing with things for years that have been going on. It's deep depression. It's deep struggle. It's deep relational problems. And sometimes we get so discouraged, we think there's no way out. But God says, in the midst of that deep darkness at the midnight, I want you to lift your voice. Don't give up. I want you to look to me. Just like that woman with the issue of blood, reach out to me in faith, and my power will flow with connection in Jesus' name. 
So in the first church, they got beaten and threatened because they healed that crippled man at the gate called Beautiful. And they threatened him. But they did something. And this is the last place I want to go, I think, in Acts chapter 4. And you don't have to go here if you don't want to. But it says here that when they heard that, 424, they raised their voice. They raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything that's in them. And then you know what they did? They began to quote scripture. They began to lift their voice and quoted, uh, I don't know what psalm it is, but it's in verse 25 and 26. Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And they begin to quote scripture. And then I'd like to just jump down to verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So something happened here when they began to lift their voice to God, there was a shaking. And, and really, three things happened. Number one, they said, God, this is going on right now, but I'm coming to my refuge. I'm coming to you. And can I suggest to you that it's good to get with other people that believe like you when you're not feeling good. Get together with Say, let's pray together, man. I need some help here. The devil wants to isolate. God wants to bring us together and unite us in prayer because one of you will set two Amen. Amen. So they got together and they said, God, you're our refuge. I'm going to lift my voice to you, Father. And then what happened was they were filled with the Holy Spirit. See, we've got to take the initiative and lift our voices to God in prayer and in praise. We've got to cry out to God when we feel as though that disconnection is happening. And then God says, okay, you want to show me some faith? I want to show you some filling. And the Holy Spirit comes and he fills us. And then, number three, strength is restored. Boldness is restored. And can I tell you, just to jump back real quick, in Paul's situation with Silas, can I tell you that they got they wax bold when those magistrates can I know I'm jumping around but I'm I'm doing my best I promise. Listen, those uh, those magistrates came back and they said, "Listen, we got to let these guys out." Paul said, "Hey, if they want they beat us openly in front of everybody. If they want us to come out, tell those boys they can come and talk to us. I'm right here." Can I tell you that that's boldness? These are the guys that threw them in prison. These are the guys that are deciding on what their fate's going to be. But when the tables were turned, so to speak, in the realm of the Spirit, and God turned the captivity, Paul's got the boldness now. The fear is on the other guys. Why would they be afraid? They didn't lose any authority. No one was asked to step down by the Roman governor. No, can I tell you that something in the spirit shifted. It changed. And listen, when we begin to do that, God's given us keys to change things in prayer. To say, God, I'm crying out to you in this situation. And I'm going to keep crying out to you with fervent prayer until there's a change, until there's a shift. How beautiful are the feet of those that go and proclaim peace. How beautiful. No silence. We've got to exalt God. 
We've got to speak his word with boldness. Oh, God, give us strength. See, but we can't do this ourselves. Say, God, I want to be a witness for you. God, I want, I need your strength. God says, you don't have strength. You need my strength. Worship is the way out. Period. Worship God and you worship him. We worship you, Father. I was, and I'll just end with this. I was just, God, I've been so busy. I, you know, you I don't know how to do this. And God, how am I going to do? I'm really struggling. And me, 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 I, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. And all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute. God, I just worship you for your greatness. God, I worship you for your grace. When we begin to do that, listen, this isn't some uh, charismatic cultural thing. Worship is something we've got to do. We've got to go before God and say, God, I worship you. God, I need you. God, I lift my voice up to you. And something happens in the heavenlies. Hallelujah. God, I lift my voice. I praise you, Father. I'm not just counting on me. I'm counting on you, God, to fix this situation, to bring that connection, Father, because it's you that I need, God. I need to be connected, not only today, but tomorrow, Lord. I need you to connect the dots in this situation and I can't do it myself, Father, but I need you, God, so I'm going to worship you right now, Father. That's the way to approach God in spirit and in truth. God says, this is the sacrifice that's going to please me. Come before me. Acknowledge your weakness. Acknowledge your need, and I will reconnect you up to power. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. There's three ways, three ways that we abide in Christ. One is in his word. <clears throat> I feel this in my heart, but I, I, I want to make sure it's practical. We abide in his word. Second way is we abide with the spirit of God. The third way is with the person of Jesus Christ himself. And I don't feel to get into all those scriptures. I, I pray, Father, reconnect us, Father. I feel like sometimes we, I know for me, we're just going through the motions and we don't feel that connection. God wants us to feel that connection. Father, help us to reconnect with you today, Father. To re, and to stay connected. Stay connected. Father, help us tomorrow when we're dealing with the, the affairs of our life, the troubles, Father. Help us to stay connected. The Bible tells us to hold fast to the head, Jesus. The NIV says to stay connected. Help us, Lord, to stay connected to you, Lord Jesus. You are our strength. You're our refuge. God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.